1: Going
2: on. <laughs> Thank you Thank so much.
1: Feel like a million dollars.
2: Shout out to TMZ. Get up. Let me check out that rig. TMZ no, no, stands can. for the Mayweather Zone. you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. I love my TMZ family.
3: My sportswear. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock with my guy, as always, Mojo Mutati Mojo. The conference championship game just a few days away, but. That's not what the sports world is talking about today. The sports world is talking about the Los Angeles Chargers because they have got their guy. The Chargers make a big move, hire a new head coach, Jim Harbaugh. A lot of Chargers, I think fans, players, past players excited. Uh, And and we welcome uh, one of the best players who has ever put on a a Chargers uniform, uh, our guy, Sean Merriman. Sean, brother, how are you? And how are you feeling today, Sean? Are you happy with the move?
4: I'm excited, man, but I'm also like about time, right? You know, it was one of those things where I don't think we've ever been sitting on the edge of our seats week to week to week, day to day, hour to hour, right? Because the process was just crazy where they're letting us know when the coach is going into the interviews, when they're getting done, when they're going in, they're getting done. And so you're waiting for this news, but congratulations to the Chargers, man. Congratulations to the Chargers fans because this energy right now that's going on around the organization and the fans has been crazy.
3: Is this the right guy for the job? I mean, Jim Harbaugh, everywhere he's went, he's won. Uh, We know obviously what he just did at Michigan. Now it comes back to the NFL. He's got some unfinished business, Sean, clearly. Was he the right guy for the job? And was this who this who the Chargers needed to hire?
4: Yeah, you know, to be honest, I think this is really the only hire that, that they could have done. Uh, for one, and nothing's guaranteed when you come in, right? It's not he comes in, he's going to win a Super Bowl, but you know what his past, what he's able to do to a team, right? The, the quick turnarounds he's had in his career, both college and in the pros. You know what he's how to do with great quarterbacks. And by the way, he ain't never had a quarterback like Justin Herbert. He has some damn good ones in the past. Um, he's been very public about his feelings toward Justin Herbert and, and, and the team. The 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 he's played for the Chargers before, so we we knew like we, it was it was too many things lining up where we knew that this is going to happen. But I think immediately walking in the organization and the team is much better.
3: They win five games last year, Sean. They had won ten the previous year. As the roster right now, obviously, we, we haven't gone through the draft yet, free agency, but but with the talent they have, I mean, is this a team ready to win to make the playoffs and and to advance in the playoffs, or does, does more need to be done? Do they need to get uh, G- Coach Harbaugh, uh, you know, different players, other players to add to what they already have?
4: Listen, th- this is the most talented team to never make the playoffs, man. You look at this team across the board, and I'm talking about both sides of the football, like Justin Herbert, and Derwin James. Cannon Island, you know, all pro-left tackle Rashawn Slater. They got guys all over the field. And you're looking like, how the hell this team doesn't go to the playoffs? Well, right. you know, when you, don't have, when you don't have the right coach, you don't have the right leadership, everything starts to trickle down. And so if I'm Jim Harbaugh, man, I'm licking my chops. I'm walking in there one day like somebody's just handing me keys to Ferrari and I'm about to slam on the gas,
1: right? Because that's what, it, that's what it kind of feels like when you got this level of talent, man. Sean, I, I got to bring it up, man, because you always have so much fun with it on your social media your ongoing rivalry with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Uh, you put out some tweets about maybe Bill not being the guy to come over to the Chargers. What was the reason for that? Uh, was it more personal or professional?
4: No, nah, it, it was professional, man. Like, you know, of course, I'm always going to go at the Patriots. I'm always going to go at their fan base. That's a given. And between them and the Raiders, I will forever be a, a Raider hater and a Patriots hater for life. But, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is—he's the greatest coach of all time. I don't think there's an if. I think he's the greatest coach of all time. But if you're talking about making a move now in this day and age and coaching status, I didn't see. Bill Belichick being a great fit for the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't think that he walks in and get the same level of excitement as they have as Jim Harbaugh. You're just hoping that he comes in with his Super Bowls, his expertise, his history, and they can win games. There's a real excitement with Jim Harbaugh. There's, There's a real like, hey, we can go out and win a championship now. We can go out and win a lot of football games. So it's a much different situation. Before
3: we let you go, Sean, you know, you mentioned L.A. Uh, Coach Harbaugh on his way to L.A. You have a big event going down in just a couple of weeks in Los Angeles. Of course, we're talking about Lights Out 14 is going down February 16th. Um, perhaps we have Coach Swing by. What do we think, Sean?
4: Oh, yeah. We got we got a huge event, Lights Out Extreme Fighting uh, 14. Uh, you can get your tickets at LightsOutXF.com. We'll be live on football sports, football TV. But, but listen – Jim Harbaugh got lifetime tickets to whatever show he wants to come to. I mean, listen, he can come to the cage and take a punch if he wants to. He got a lifetime to walk in there to do whatever the hell he wants to. So, Jim Harbaugh, if you're listening, come to our big fight, February 16th in Long Beach, California, and uh, we'll be live on football, TV, football, sports. But you can walk in the cage and just do whatever the hell you want to.
3: He's a fiery dude. I feel like he'd probably kick someone's ass in there too, Sean.
1: it's, It's only one way to find out. Hey Sean, who you who you got in the fight in the lights out dream matchup, real quick. I got my, my lights out gear on right now. I see now. it, baby. Point like that, that out, but Jim or John? Who's who's Ooh. taking the dub and how? Ooh. Um look, I just seen John celebrating and
4: he got some athletics <laughs> in him. Was, I didn't know he was a knee bender. <laughs> you know, I just didn't know that John Hobart had the knee bend in him. Um, I, I, I might be going with John in this one. That's
3: amazing. Incre- incredible time for uh, Chargers fans. Sean, thank you so much, brother. We always appreciate
4: you. You got it, man. Thanks for
1: Hey, fellas. Looks like you're having a smacking night.
0: Dalton! I got a tip for you. Don't let no one get this close.
3: Woo, Mojo. There he is, Conor McGregor. That's his acting debut, absolutely, Uh, in an awesome scene with Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, talk about big A-list actors. Of course, we know this has been uh, a movie uh, long in the making. Now it is finally almost here. The remake of the 1989 classic Roadhouse. Of course, Patrick Swayze was in the original. This time around, we've got Jake Gyllenhaal starring in the movie alongside, across from Conor McGregor. Thing comes out the end of March. Mojo uh, not going to be in the theaters, actually going straight to prime. It looks good, Mojo. I, I cannot wait. And it actually looks like connor has got a big role in this movie. And God, he's looking
1: Jack. I hate to admit I'm a little embarrassed to say I've actually never seen Roadhouse. Um, <laughs> my apologies there. But crazy, this is Connor McGregor's acting debut? Is this yeah. really his first? With in in a answer? movie?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been in documentaries and things like that. But as far as a film, Mojo, this dope. is it.
1: That is insane to me. Uh... Being in the Roadhouse remake just seems like a perfect fit. My goodness, that headbutt looked legit. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a Mojo Mutati and G.I. Joe in this performance. I don't think he's quite there yet, but this is a very... Close second, natural fit it looks like, for sure. You could not agree more, Mojo, and, and if people haven't seen it out there, Mojo knows
3: what he's talking about when it comes to this because watch Snake Eyes, you'll see what I'm talking about. Mojo did an amazing job in that movie. I, I, I cannot wait, Mojo, I'm really excited for this. I, I think uh, certainly uh, it's Connor's first movie, it's not gonna be his last. I don't know how much longer he's going to fight, but I do think uh, you're probably gonna see him in a lot of movies going forward, and I can't wait to watch this. Super Bowl berths are on the line this weekend as the NFL's final four teams square off. Former 49ers star safety Dante Whitner joins us to talk about his former team's chances against the Lions on Sunday. Will it be a close game or a blowout? Find out with TMZ Sports rolls on right after this.
0: Are you ready to shop?
3: Welcome back to TMZ Sports, Mike Babcock here. We are just a couple of days away from the conference championship games. Of course, uh, one of those two games being the 49ers taking on the Detroit Lions. Uh, I know people are excited for this game, the Lions on a run, and uh, and we welcome somebody who uh, knows football just about as well as anybody, a a former three-time Pro Bowler, now a guy who does analysis for NBC in the Bay Area, talks about the 49ers, knows that team incredibly well, uh, Dante Whitner, Brother Dante, how you doing, man? Thank you for being here. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course, all right, let's get into this game. It seems like Brock Purdy, and I want to ask you in a minute about some of the criticism that he's gotten, but it seems like if if the weather's not great, especially in rain, Dante, it does seem like he struggles. That is that what you've picked up as well?
2: Well, yeah, you look back to the Cleveland Browns game earlier in the season where it was raining, yep.
1: Field conditions weren't
2: perfect, and he struggled for majority of that game through some turnovers. But when they had to have it late in that game, he drove them down in field goal range. The rookie, Jake Moody, missed the field goal, and the 49ers went on to lose to the Cleveland Browns. And a lot of the criticism is clearly unwarranted. And all year long, he's led the NFL in pretty much every statistical category. How can you continue to beat this kid down when he was the last pick in the draft, and he's shown all the qualities and capabilities to be a top franchise quarterback. And the biggest thing is this. They say he's a game manager, not a game changer. Well, the data shows differently. Of course, he's not going to be able to escape the pocket and run like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. But right now, Brock Purdy is tied for the most improvised throwing touchdowns on the run in the NFL with seven with Josh Allen. So a lot of those misconceptions about Brock Purdy can can stop.
3: Yeah, Dante. Why do you think he has gotten so much criticism? Why why have seemingly people around the league picked on him? Despite the enormous success that the teams had
2: because he doesn't look like the typical quarterback because he's not an ego driven guy because he handles himself a certain way with the media. He dresses a certain way when he shows up to the game, but he's a kid that has that chip on his shoulder and that fire in his eyes. So I'm not really sure why he gets that criticism. A lot of the criticism is coming from people that don't really understand football. They don't really watch the games. And now they just need something to talk about to get their clicks and their hits. So I would say that that's the reason you can't really knock a guy who was in the MVP conversation until week 18 of the NFL season.
3: Dante, I know you made a career on, on tackling guys like Christian McCaffrey, You watched him from afar anything that you've learned is he even better than than what it appears on television uh, now that you've had a chance to see this guy play up close. Well we've
2: always known about his elusive ability his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield be a matchup issue play wide receiver and running back similar to Debo but from afar you just see him running around making plays when you cover him consistently you see how physical he is he's a smaller guy But he's very physical at the point of attack, and he's consistently shown that all year long, and then his work ethic. I was out at training camp earlier in the season. Kyle Shanahan wanted to give him a day off versus the Minnesota Vikings in a joint practice. And I'm standing there, and he's like, Coach, I don't want to take a day off. (laughs) I need to get these reps. And this was after two or three all-pro years and multiple Pro Bowls. So that shows you what type of guy they have in the backfield, and that's why this 49ers offense – really runs through Christian McCaffrey and then everything else is complimentary. The Lions, you know, you could you could make the argument
3: they're playing with house money. It doesn't sound like that's how they're thinking. It sounds like they're coming to win a football game. What do you make? Obviously, the 49ers are touchdown plus favorites. I think most people
2: expect them to win this game.
3: Are you concerned, though, about the Lions? Can they actually go into San
2: Francisco and can they
3: beat the 49ers?
2: I'm not really concerned about the Detroit Lions. Great story. I'm from Cleveland. I'm a Midwest guy. I understand how bad that city has needed a winner for so long, all the way back to the Barry Sanders days and the Calvin Johnson and the Matthew Stafford and so many years they've wasted on so many great players careers. And it's a great story. And, you know, they should be applauded for making it to the NFC championship. But when I look at it and I look at the matchup, I don't think it's going to be close. And I say, this is because, Jared Goff played in that division in the NFC West for a long time. And they understand Jared Goff and his habits. They understand Jared Goff under pressure. They understand his strengths and his weaknesses. And they'll attack him. And a lot of that is that vertical pressure where he has to get the ball out of his hands. And he's been forced to some mistakes by the 49ers. So I'm not really worried about him. I'm not expecting it to be close. I'm going to go 49ers 37, Detroit Lions 14. Woo! A little, little old-fashioned blowout in the NFC. Dante,
3: man, thank you so much. Congratulations on all the success that you've had uh, post-career, and, uh, and we appreciate
4: all the insight, man. Oh, thank you.
2: Thank you for having me. Go night.
4: The impact of Coach Deke on this organization and the global basketball community will last forever. To Natasha, Nicola, and Masha, Your husband and father was a beacon of light, of love, and of joy, and is our deepest honor to celebrate his beautiful life here with you tonight. We will never forget his legacy. We dedicate this game to his memory.
0: Rather than a moment of silence, I'd like to... For thank all of us to, to give Decky me,
2: an ovation that he the can hear up heaven, thank, thank you guys. Yeah!
3: Mojo, yeah! 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 uh, an incredibly emotional time last night at the Golden State Warriors game versus the Hawks. Of course, uh, the team honoring uh, Decky as uh, Steve Kerr called him, uh, that's um, assistant coach Dejan Milojevic, who, of course, tragically passed away last week at just the age of 46 years old. They were at a team dinner. He was with his, uh, his players. He was with his other coaches. And sadly, uh, he passed away. Now, uh, Warriors organization has been reeling. Of course, they've been incredibly emotional. You had players last night actually on the floor crying, Mojo, uh, just at the, at the thought, at the memory of, of losing their coach, um, great tribute, I thought. I thought the Warriors did a really nice job. Of course, there's Draymond Green. Draymond could barely hold it together. They had shirts that you may have seen people in the arena wearing that said uh, Brate, B-R-A-T-E, which in uh, Serbian, which, of course, where uh, Deki was uh, from, he was from Serbia, uh, it means brother, and I think um, his players, his colleagues, everybody looked at Decky like a brother. You could tell the way people loved him and appreciated him, not just for his basketball mind mojo, but also for how he was as a person, looking at everyone's reaction last night. Just a, just a horrible story, but a really nice um, you know, way to remember him last night at the game. And by the way, the Warriors, um, you know, like you would expect them to do last night, haven't had the greatest season, but they kicked the Hawks' butt. And um, you know, I think everyone was a Warriors fan last night.
1: Yeah. Thank goodness. The Warriors won. I'm sure that meant a lot to coach. Uh, You can see how much he meant to the players and the organization. I mean, look how much they struggled to hold it together. You know, during a game, it's it's game time. and You're still struggling to hold it together like that, but you found enough deep within to pull out the W to do it for your coach. I mean, Think about all the hours and time that you spend with your coach, you know, learning from him, working with him, fighting towards a common goal, whether you look at your coach as as a brother, like you said, or maybe it's even a a missing father figure or an uncle or someone to that extent. Either way, these coaches become your family in some capacity and for the organization to go out there and spend A lot of time. I mean, that was a lot of time that they committed to the coach and you love to see that. Absolutely. uh, RIP to Decky,
3: not somebody that will be forgotten. Mojo, the uh, Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks, specifically NBA superstar Luka Doncic, do not have a good relationship. This is really one of the best rivalries in the entire NBA. And I'll say this, for most of the time, Luka has gotten the better of Devin Booker, of course, the the Phoenix Suns uh, superstar, and the Suns team as a whole. But not so much the case last night. The Suns actually traveled to Dallas, and uh, they handled the Mavs. They actually beat them 132-109. That doesn't tell the whole story, though, Mojo. Last night, Luka... <laughs> was getting heckled big time by a fan who was sitting courtside. Luca actually got the fan ejected. Now, after the game, the Mavs lose. Luca sat down, met with the media, and then he got into it with an ESPN reporter. What's this?
1: I just saw it, man. It's just funny. You always seem to be the first one to put some bad stuff about me.
3: First of all, 99% of the stuff I've written about you has been good.
1: Uh, I don't know.
4: I was sitting two rows behind us.
1: All right, so it was the only thing he was, that time he said something, the only thing.
4: That was what you reacted to.
1: Yeah, I was hearing the whole first half, right? When oh, you didn't hear anything.
4: He was definitely hollering Okay, off. there we go. That's Why funny. did you ask for the fan to be ejected?
1: You, because he was cursing me the whole first half too.
3: Why did you ask you for Lo ejected th- th- in the first half then?
1: Because I never would eject a fan. They pay for tickets, but I had enough, you know. It's a little bit of frustration.
4: If you turned your head and looked over at him after he said that, that's—I mean—that's what we saw.
1: Yeah, that's fine. He'd be the, guy, the bad guy in the media, right?
3: So, Mojo, there it was. Uh, that was Tim McMahon from ESPN. Now, uh, this originated again from that fan who was in the building. Luca responded when the guy yelled at him, "Luca, you're tired. Get on the treadmill."
1: That's not enough to get a guy tossed. I mean, that is expected comments. Uh, that that you have to expect as an athlete playing a professional sport of of any kind, you're going to get that in in any sport. So you got to be ready for that. But you know, if this guy had been heckling Luca the entire game, if it was getting too much, I mean, if the guy wouldn't give it a rest at that point, doesn't even really matter what he's saying if he's that obnoxious. A-
3: absolutely. Bottom line, Luca's an NBA superstar. He's not the only player that's done this. We've seen LeBron James, we've seen many other superstars do it. I've never heard another player question on this. That was a, a bit of a weird exchange. I, I, I don't know what those two guys have, Luca and the reporter. They obviously have got some history. Luca Luca's not very fond, not very fond of Tim McMahon. Uh, we got to go, Mojo. We are out of time. We got a big one tomorrow. Obviously, we are gearing up for a lot of football going down this weekend. Tomorrow's show going to be great.
1: Absolutely, Babcock, going into championship weekend. will absolutely make tomorrow the best show since today.